Love hurts. Oh, wrong show. Oh, sorry. Do you know any other Delilah songs that begin with love? <laughs> Definitely the wrong show. Someone tonight. I don't even know what that one was. Welcome to Love in Brief, our very first full brand spanking new episode of 2022. We did do our our New Year's Day episode, which we, sure did. we always look forward to with all kinds of voices from the community. But this is our first advice episode. Yes, it is. Of 2022. I am resonant. Yes. I'm on bird not taken. And we are going to do our lightning round. I don't know that we did one through the whole fall and into the winter. I don't remember doing an autumn one. I'll have to go back and look. I think we did a couple of drunky pants ones. Yeah, and we did sort of the same. Yeah. Sort of the same. I'd like to apologize to everyone ahead of time. I still sound in my own head a little bit sick. Do I still sound sick? I don't think you sound sick. (laughs) Okay, good. RNT, like half of the United States, is getting over COVID, but uh, it's doing fine and uh, on the recovery trail. And uh, to all of you who are listening right now, who have been through COVID or are in the middle of COVID right now, just wishing you good health. And for everybody else, please do protect yourself from COVID. Hopefully, hopefully this thing will burn itself out. Fingers crossed. We've been talking about it for two years now. Here's hoping. But in the meantime, how about we do some advice? I'm I'm okay. Yeah. This is a show all about love, love for yourself, love for your community, community. love for uh, your dogs and cats and birds. If the word you're looking for is puppers, I know. Uh, And so we want to do advice, and once a quarter we try and do a just like a lightning round episode where we pick some of our favorite questions from our big old bag. It's a big felt bag, just chock full of questions we reach into. Gotta be felt. Because doesn't that feel like the kind of thing you'd want to reach into and pull questions out of? I never, ever want to touch felt. Well, the inside's not felt. The inside, of course, is uh, satin. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll we reach re- in there. We reach around in there and pull out some of our favorite questions and answer them lightning round style. And uh, R&T, you picked, uh, you picked the first one. I did. You did. Are you ready for it? I am. That's not it, though. Oh, That's how about that it. one? Yep. Okay. This topic title is Self-Lovin' Without Bothering Partner. Yeah. It's sent to us by Padded Mountain Man. And this was sent, Padded Mountain Man, so long ago. I'm so sorry. Yes. But we, we try oh, and work gosh. through the questions. That's why we do the lightning rounds. Anyway, here we are. All right. Um, the question asker says, I have a very accepting and amazing vanilla partner who I am engaged to and probably married to now. Oh, they probably have seven kids by now. It's been a while. So, sorry about your big family and... I mean, happy for you, Congrats! but but sorry we didn't get to you before your big family. Uh, I was wondering if you guys had any thoughts about how to dedicate time to enjoying this side of myself without feeling guilty or like I'm bothering my partner. Yeah, I like this one because I have wondered this very thing, both in a relationship where I was married to a vanilla and in a relationship where I'm not at all married to a vanilla. I'm married to a very kinky person because regardless, there are times that I think it could be a bother if I want something in particular. And so I have to go find ways to do it just for me. So Padded Mountain Man, great question. And uh, how wonderful to have an accepting and amazing vanilla partner. Um, How do you dedicate time to enjoying the side of yourself without feeling guilty or like you're bothering your partner? So I will use a small analogy for me, which is that um, I have a couple of hobbies that I like to kind of go and do solo. And uh, one of them is I like to go and play pinball. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I also like to make music in this little studio up on uh, the up in the attic of our house where, where we are right now recording the podcast. And both of those things are pretty solo activities for me. I like to disappear to them. What, what makes it complicated is you're describing a kink, right? So if you were just trying to disappear to, let's say, work on your car or you wanted to disappear to go paint, um, my guess is this question wouldn't feel so complex, though you might still struggle to find time for it. My guess is this has a little tinge to it of like, am I doing something wrong or is it okay that I want to go have this kind of maybe sexual experience or maybe comfort experience with dips? Um, and I'll say the answer is super yes. It's super yes, okay. And no, that's super no wrong. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you. Um, I think of it like self-care, the same way I think of getting out of the house to go play pinball or to go up to the third floor and make music or to do any of the things that you do to show yourself a little bit of love and appreciation and comfort. And so I think 
that my partner seems to appreciate when I'm able to do that too. Is that fair, partner? Um, it's more than fair. Actually, I not only appreciate when you're able to do it, I appreciate when you actually do it despite feeling like you might regret, like you might feel guilty. You'll like take the leap because inevitably you feel better, which is ultimately if your partner cares about you, that's their goal. They want you to feel happy. They want you to feel comfortable. Yeah. So whenever RY actually takes time and does this, um, diapering and just letting himself be um, in a little space, it it makes him feel good, which makes me feel good. And ultimately it creates uh, closeness. Mm-hmm. Like in a roundabout way, it creates closeness. And I'll say vice versa, when R&T wants to do things that bring her life, whether it's go hang out with friends or engage in crafts, she likes to make stuff on her, what's that machine? Cricket. The cricket, yeah, likes to make stuff on the cricket. Those kinds of things, um, you know, assuming it's not right in the middle of something that we're trying to get done, but like when, when we find those times when it makes sense to go do those things, I find that very liberating, not just for her, but for me, because mm-hmm. it, it's a reinforcement to both of us that we have independent lives too, and ways to make ourselves happy. And the, the feeling of responsibility that comes along with, you know, your partner believing that they're the only way that you can find comfort or you're, they're the only way that you can indulge, uh, boy, that's a lot of responsibility. So I, I don't know about you, but I always find it uh, kind of liberating that it's like, oh, you have things you can go do for you yeah. as well as the things I can do for you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I will say, um, don't, uh, I don't, I know this is, it's been a long time, but maybe this could help someone else who's uh, new to it. Uh, Don't cross out your partner as an option, even though you might feel like you're bothering them. Mm. I think being vanilla or having something not be your kink, even if you're not vanilla, um, it doesn't mean you don't want to engage in some former fashion. I've had partners who've had kinks that absolutely did not overlap with mine, but um, we got to a point inevitably in our relationship where I would say, why don't you ever ask me to do this? Because it was just kind of a thing that I wanted to be invited into. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if it wasn't your thing. Yeah. Because it's like saying you love pinball. Yeah. I don't love pinball. I love you. Yeah. So why aren't you inviting me to like the pinball competitions? I want to see you play like uh, that. Yeah. You do invite me. I'm just giving an example. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great example. Um, and I might say, no, I might say I have something else going on, but it's just nice to feel like if something is so important to you and to your peace and happiness that you also feel okay allowing someone to sit alongside. That is a fantastic point. I, I didn't even think about that, but the assumption that it needs to be solo could be met with maybe just an ask. Do you, yeah. do you want, do you want to even just see it? Would you like to take part in any of this? And if do the answer is no, to? great. Yeah. Can I sit and watch a movie with you while I'm wearing? Is yeah. that okay? Like, yeah, your partner may love that. And I would say, I am not answering this question, um, straight up with a straightforward answer because I have talked to our about this many times, but I am just not, um, I'm not a person who really, truly enjoys occupying a little space or a space in diapers when I am not engaging with a partner. Hmm. Um, and I, I tried to explain it by saying, some people love to bake. Some people only like baking for others. I only like baking for others. I don't like baking alone. So it doesn't make sense yeah. for me, but I know that there are many, many people for whom this is a very important part of the healthy self. And you have other self-care things that are just different than this. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them revolve around cricket. That's true. A lot of them do revolve around cricket. Yeah. And and I'll say, too, that um, I, I think doing self-care for me, seeing other people do self-care, I, I, if you were to go to your partner and say, hey, I hope it's okay. I was thinking about going to the doctor this week. Your partner would be like, of course. And if you're like, I hope it's okay. I was thinking about maybe going to the gym for like an hour this week. I bet your partner would be like, great. You know, because that's, those are things that are good for you and you can take care of yourself with. And I kind of see this the same way. And it's possible that your partner does too. And if not, that could be a really important, meaningful discussion. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. Thank you for that, R&T. That was a good one. You're welcome.
All right, you got you got to do your question. I want to do one for for, for you. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Well, the princess and the panda, uh, or panda bear on FL, uh, wrote and uh, forever ago and said, "How about an episode of Love and Breathe with, with the subject matter of dark age play?" Ooh. Ooh. As someone who has become very familiar and experienced in both the ABDL and BDSM communities over the past eight years. I feel like I'd be more than qualified to share some insights and advice on the topic if you are interested. I could also happily refer you to several other credible sources and or resources. First off, yes. Yes. We will do this episode with you if you still care <laughs> you after still all want this time. To. <laughs> I mean, that eight is now probably up to 16 years, but you have lots of experience and we would love to. So please reach out. But we also did want to touch on this because we both, um, I know RY has a little bit of experience um, with me in it, and I have a little bit of experience of my own. Mm-hmm. So we both wanted to talk about it just a little bit because we were kind of excited about the question, but we also really want to touch back on this later. I have dipped my toes in those dark, dark waters, and Ooh. I did not mind the feeling. I went swimming in them. I know. You do- you dove in buck naked into those dark, <laughs> dark waters <laughs> and had a damn damn good time. So we went, Great time. We, yeah, we went to an event with some friends a number of years ago called Fat Fest, which is now defunct, unfortunately, but there are other similar type events. I think Dark Odyssey was going on for a long time. That sounds familiar. That may still be coming back. Who knows? But um, but we went to a festival and I, I just went all in. I was just like, mm-hmm. okay, I know nothing, but I'd like to try everything. RY was right smack dab in the middle of a year of saying yes to everything. And that meant uh, my man got lit on fire. I did on purpose, not um, on accident. He got hypnotized into orgasm. That was he awesome. He participated in an abduction and takedown scene. Four stars out of four would highly recommend. Um, there was just so much with sex outside. I did. You let a big grown man spank you. I did. There was so much going on that yeah. I, ju- I just did not see. I had like happening. an 80 year old spank me. I'd never had it, uh, that happen before was either. That old? Huh? Was he that old? No, it was a different one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. And you had like a. 23-year-old girl who had, like, some sort of, like, weird sadistic side she'd never seen before come out, and I don't know her. In the form of you. I don't know her, but she did. <laughs> she she was given the flogger. Well, I think this is, yeah, so this is part of what I'm excited about you talking about, because you had, you had swam in these waters before. I came mm-hmm. into it, so we're talking about all the things I did, but let's talk about your experience and what did you enjoy? What did you love about Dark Age Play? And we will definitely do a whole episode on it. Well, I know that Dark Age Play is a very broad ocean. And when I say I have played in an inlet, I am I have only played in an inlet. I I've done um some uh bondage things with partners, some rope work. I've done some impact play. I've done some really, some choking. Um, I've done some stuff with a couple before. Mm-hmm. And all of it, um, I enjoyed all of it. Uh, the, the thing for me that it came down to was, did I feel like an object or did I feel still protected and cherished and I know that some people which really, did you want to feel like I wanted to feel protected okay. and cherished I know some people really enjoy the objectification of mm-hmm. it um, I really my favorite times were times when I knew I was safe um, because the heart of my heart is still little yeah and so I've had lots of really fun times um, engaging in things that I wouldn't engage in if I was just purely a little um, but feeling like I had someone watching out for me just the same. Mm, that was important to That was you. really important yeah. to me. And uh, I mean, I, I probably should have asked this off the bat, but million definitions, but how do you think about when somebody says dark age play? What is that for somebody who's not familiar with the term? Well, and I am happy to be corrected if I've gotten this wrong, but to me, dark age play means um, age play with a big and a little or littles and a big or bigs and a little where you engage in things that you would definitely not was it purely like a ch- child and paternal relationship or child and maternal mm. relationship so, so it's not things strictly... that are more on the like BDSM side ah. um, like rigging and you know like um, just like sort of a crossover between age play and other Darker, more, more, ah. um, grown up with the air quotes, yeah. air bunnies, uh, grown up, uh, kink. 
So it's not just something necessarily that would involve, let's say, pain, because a spanking could have pain, but that could still be done in sort of a more traditional, I say traditional age play, which is yeah. a hilarious thought. Traditional. But yeah, you know, like our grandparents did. Yeah, um, but, yeah. But it, it could be done sort of in a more day-to-day age play versus a dark age play, which you're describing as maybe bringing in other elements of BDSM yeah. beyond just spanking or things that might be more common for age play. To me, it's the difference between, like, I would say you're in just a tra- traditional age play scenario when like it's the Puritans. Like, if the little like throws their snack across the ground and the big slaps their hand and says, no, that's bad, versus they throw their snack across and the lip and the big slaps them across the face and chokes them and the little's like, I love this, this is wonderful. And then that's puts them in a gimp suit for the night or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of the bdsm thing I could think of. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Sure. Yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I, that's kind of how I see it from my part. I, I really... I really need that. I'm okay with all dark things. I mean, you and I have done things like that. Yeah. But I need it. I need to still feel comforted. Like yeah. if you're going to slap me across the face, I need you to say, oh, is that okay? And as you pointed right? out, some people in like, dark age play want really the opposite. don't want yeah, that. They yeah. Want, they want, I mean, even the takedown and interrogation that we got to do, that involved a lot of pain and threatening and, you know, all consensual. We had yeah. we talked about it all before. They were spitting. But, but the, the other person who was part of the takedown interrogation, she, she wanted the opposite. She, she yes. did not want to be comforted. She wanted to be objectified and tortured. Yes. And, yeah. And that's, that's um, as we always say, and as our broken record goes, communicate because there were two young women involved in the scene, myself and one other young woman, and she wanted it all. Like, she wanted yeah. to be... Hurt, and not hurt, but she wanted to be, like, roughed up. It was yeah. exciting for her. And I had representatives go ahead of me and say, hey, look, don't make her cry. She yeah. doesn't want that. Yeah. So it was great. I mean, you just communicate and you can do whatever you want to in age play. And I will say, as somebody who was a, sort of a neophyte to it at the time, and still s- sort of am, but... was a neophyte? Uh, somebody brand new to it. Oh, you just say the a first baby. Time. I was a baby. Oh. Um, that there is a whole world of Dark Age play out there. I barely got to try a little bit of it, and it is an intriguing one. He dipped his toes in. And yeah. then he jumped in the water when they lit him on fire. <laughs> and then I jumped in the water, to, so I wouldn't be on fire anymore. I w- and I, I do remember talking with a friend early on when I first got involved in the community and said, I can't imagine ever being a mean daddy. I can't imagine ever inflicting pain. I can't imagine sort of all these things that might be part of dark age play. And sure enough, two years later, I was like, I cannot wait to try it. So, (laughs) so wherever you are is great, but just know there is a whole world out there. And by the way, princess and the panda, yes, please reach out. Would love to do that episode. If you're still, if you haven't left us by now, due to our just utter, like incompetence at answering these questions. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for me to ask one? I sure am. It's your turn. All right. Dr. He, H-E-E, <laughs> says on, from FL says, I've been thinking about the topic of coming out, air bunnies, coming out to friends or family about the kink. I recently had several experiences feeling the need to fess up to close friends and or relatives. I've struggled with the thought of, a ther- of the therapeutic advantages and disadvantages of coming out to those who have close relationships with me. I think discussing this in an episode would be valuable to the community. I have recent experience in this topic. If you would like to discuss more, please feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to contribute my DL experiences. Love it. So we've talked about this a little bit. Love it. Yes, Dr. He. I do want to talk about this with you. And I want to talk about this right now. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about we've talked about what it feels like. Yeah. And what the benefits are. Yeah. And the drawbacks. Um, and the drawbacks. And I think we should revisit so, and you have a lot of experience with that. Yeah, and this is somebody who's clearly given a lot of thought to the advantages, disadvantages, therapeutic value, and trade-offs. So can't wait for that discussion. I have also spent a lot of time thinking about it. And I think it's really easy for us to, off the bat, say, don't do it. Don't tell anybody. Why would you? Nobody needs to know about your sex life. And that's true when people are like, do I have to tell my mom and dad? No. No, you're an adult. You don't need to tell them what you do for sex. Um you you don't even need to tell your partner if you don't want to. If it's something that you want to just keep in your head, you can do that. Like, So do, do you need to tell anybody? Probably not. Um, with that said, there may be times or relationships, uh, both friends and uh, romantic relationships, where your relationship can grow as a function of telling them. And yeah. those are the ones that you might want to consider. Yeah, I think 
there's no moral need, of course, but there is a personal need for some people. Sure. And it sounds like uh, Dr. He has a personal need. Like, I think if you feel that personal need, examine your motivations, examine why. And if you find that it's more about you and your peace and that you find that you can still be respectful, I say go for it. I think if you feel like you need to change the way they think about something, don't don't do it. Oh, like if you're trying to change their vantage point. Yeah. 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 I've told yeah. someone in the past, um, because I thought I was I thought I was doing the right thing, I thought I was helping her to understand me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, no, no, it, it didn't, didn't help. no, it didn't make me feel good afterwards. Cause I was like, oh, now you know something and I wasn't ready for you to know. I just thought it would be a shortcut to uh, you understanding me. Okay. And, and so it sort of came out of your mouth and then you were like, nah. And then I was, well, I had to stand by it, but it was a shortcut. I, yeah. I, I needed, I wanted her to know certain yeah. things about me in a way that was very clear rather than letting her get to know. Oh, instead of her finding it out. No, no, no. Instead of her understanding long form just by getting to know me, oh, my okay. personality. You're like, let's, I use let's it cut to explain short. part of my personality, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. not, it's not, a, no, it's not good. That's interesting. So in that case, it wasn't that you were trying to let her in. It's that you're in some ways trying to keep her out. I guess. I think um, I did it. It was with someone who I'd known for a long time, but we weren't ever that close. Mm-hmm. And then we were talking about relationally, what do we look for? Yeah. Um, and instead of just talking to her about who I was and what I actually needed in a partner, I made it kind of like a shock and awe thing. Oh, okay. And so I did keep her out, but I also think I, I completely alienated her. Like I just was like, yeah, yeah now what? <laughs> what are you going to bring to the table? You're going to step to this? I've already put the biggest possible thing out there. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was not my best moment. I'm not proud. Yeah. Um, I was, I, I will say I was quite young. I had not quite figured myself out but you know and I and she was staying with me and I wanted her to know mm-hmm. like everything right away mm. it was dumb in retrospect who who are the people and you don't have to obviously name them but who are the people or types of relationships that you're really glad that you told about this I'm really glad I told my best friend how come um you and I went through a breakup year one mm-hmm. um of our relationship and when she went to say there are so many fish in the sea. You're yeah. going to be just fine. She already knew better. Yeah. She knew that it's not that I could just go out with her and drink and meet a guy and have a good time. But there was something very specific I needed. Yeah. And um, that when I said I was missing you, it wasn't that I was like just boyfriend missing you. I was yeah. daddy missing yeah. you. And I was yeah. like deeply hurt in a different way. And her knowing that helped me to heal. That's really good. What a great distinction. Yeah. That she was able to, with that knowledge, help you back. Well, yeah. She was. She she avoided all those sayings that everyone gives you. Like yeah. Whenever, oh, it's not meant to be. It's not meant to be. Yeah. You get over it. Blah, 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 blah. And like, I know all those are true. I know, but. But this was a different kind of breakup. It was heart like it heartbroke yeah. like me, and I did yeah. not. I I did not see the train coming until it hit me in the face and she was able to be there and say, I get why. Mm, yeah. Well, that's really good. Yeah. That's a great example. I think for, for me, the folks that I've chosen to tell, uh, strangely enough, like I haven't felt any compulsion to tell my family members, even though we're very close because our, your brother knows. Yeah, I'm sure. But, <laughs> but I, I don't feel the need to like chat about it because we, I, we also don't talk about his sex life and that's fine. Like, we already are so close in so many ways. It's fine. With a couple of my friends, though, I couldn't imagine not talking about my sex life with them because huh. it's part of our friendship. And so and they talk about theirs. And they talk about theirs. And it, it and, and and I've been there to help them, and they've been there to help me. And so to to have to like keep holding back would have been uh, it would have been a hindrance to our relationship. With that said, I have other friends who I know for a fact. If I were to drop this truth bomb on them, this news that they would back off a little bit because yeah. I'm, I would dollars to donuts. They're, they're not ready to talk about this. And so I, for them, I don't, but I can still maintain a really meaningful friendship because I don't need to talk sex and attraction and fetish and kink with everybody. So it sounds like if it's something, I think, I think we're both saying if it's something that will further and deepen your relationship in a really healthy way, 
yes, go for it. If it's something, or if you want to, go for it. If it's something that will not serve to deepen or further or better your relationship, consider. Why? Yeah. Consider reason. And if your it's, reason why. If it's just the therapeutic value of just getting it out, man, share with the community. I, that the yeah. community has been awesome for that for me. I just thought of another no-no, like another one that I wish I hadn't. Yeah. I wish I had not used it like. I'm sure there are ladies and gentlemen and um, everyone in between out there who has had someone pursue and pursue and pursue, despite how many times you're like, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. I'd mm. rather not. I'd rather. No, thank you. And I have twice in my life <laughs> said, I like guys who will let me call them daddy. I like wearing diapers. You do not understand. We will not get along. Yeah. And I wish I hadn't done that. That was in my teenage years when I just had had enough. And I, now I feel really like I may have, like, I know that they were annoying and they were pushing, but I feel like I might have gone way too, like I might have, it felt like a little bit of exposing yourself, like in a way that was not consensual. And did it work? Nice. Yes. Oh, okay. I was just wondering. Um, no. Once it did, once the guy said, that sounds kind of hot. I could get into that. And I was like, no, you couldn't. You could, you're just very, very teenager. <laughs> just very, very. Everything sounds hot to Everything you. sounds good. Yeah. That's a that's another good example. Yeah. I mean, I like how like um, you have examples of using coming out, so to speak, as a repulsor ray. Yeah. <laughs> for other people. <laughs> And this that you is don't how think that was a good idea. I will go yeah. to get, to get rid to of people. Me alone. Yeah, that's right. No, I love who I love and I like who I like. And sometimes, sometimes people get a truth bomb, but I do feel actually bad about those things. I, yeah. I don't think that I should have exposed them to that. It was too much. It was not nice. It was not mm. a nice thing to do. I didn't do it because it was a good thing to do. I did it because I knew it would work. That's so conscientious. I mean, in, in, in retrospect, to look at it that way. And I think that's a great litmus test. Are you really thinking about what the other person's going to experience here is is an important question. Yes. Don't 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 be teenage R and T. Yeah. She was she was a hot mess. Also, quick plug, find a therapist you can tell. If you don't trust your therapist with it, find another therapist. True. Yep. True. That's somebody you you should feel like you can be comfortable coming. I, I hate to use the word coming out just because it's used generally to refer to to, to whether you're you know LGBTQ or um, so. But 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 I think that's a fine term. We know what we mean. Pick a therapist who you feel, even if you don't say it, like you could tell them, yeah. and it would not change the quality of the care you're getting. Yeah. Except for the better. We've gotten this question a bunch, and I'm glad we're finally addressing it. Should I tell my therapist? And my answer would be, um, find a therapist you can tell. Because if you don't trust your therapist with this, and it's that important to you, you need to find another therapist. You need to be able to, like, you need to be able to spur of the moment, decide to tell them, and know that's not going to affect you poorly. Yeah. Now, if it's if it's not that big a deal to you, and you don't feel, you know, sort of any hangups about it, then don't worry about it. But most people I know with an ABDL kink would like to be able to share that part with their therapist just so that the context is there for the rest of their discussion. Yeah. Arwaya and I actually have a couples therapist with whom I was like, yeah, we could probably share it. And he thought, you know what? I don't think I can. I'm not, yeah, I'm not there with this it. person. And that's a really good call out. It, it makes us have to like reconsider who we're going to together because I don't mm -hmm. want to be in a room with someone who he doesn't feel like he could trust with our kink. Yeah, that's good. Great question, Dr. He. Yay, we you, got way I thought that was going to be a five-minute question, but boy, we did good. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did something. All right, R&T, you ready? I'm ready. This one came from Dipping Into Scene on FL. That's cute. Yep. I'm curious where bullying, bullying comes into play with ABDL. The reason I ask is that I was bullied and called all sorts of names, and that was without anybody knowing about my fetish. So I developed an acceptance of myself by growing above the bullying and shoved the ABDL part way under my skin and used it like somebody secretly grabbing a cigarette as a form of relaxation and escape. How do you get over this fear of bullying? Ooh. And I know that you've experienced in some forms some of yeah. that social pressure, and I don't know if you'd call it bullying, but you certainly had a couple of folks in your life who did some pretty mean things. Yeah. Yeah, I would say... I would say I could definitely speak to this. I feel like I've been speaking a lot, though. Do you want to speak first? No, I want to hear from you. Um, okay. I um, I did 
I did. I was. I feel. I feel like I was really lucky when it came to friends and siblings. I don't think I was bullied by peers as much. I was definitely bullied by a f- couple of key adults in my life, um, and I experienced the same thing where you take a part of yourself that feels way too vulnerable to share. Because if even you being you causes people to be upset and attack, then you being your most vulnerable self certainly is not a good idea. So I've definitely done this. I've definitely used the ABDL part of myself only in the deepest, darkest night in the back, back, back of my back closet. So you definitely shoved it under, under the skin, as this person said. Yes, and I don't think I did it simply as a way to protect my ABDL self. I did it as a way to protect my ABDL self and a way to have something that was mine and that could not be touched by the people who were bullying me. Yeah. Like I needed something that they couldn't get to and that they couldn't possibly guess about mm. me. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think getting over that fear is a process that takes a long time. I don't think that I'm completely over it. I think that for as long as you're bullied, it's it's almost you almost have to take that much time not being to get over it. But I think giving myself non-ABDL RNT and ABDL RNT to someone wholeheartedly and having them not hurt me that has I mean, that I've, I've started to build up the other side of the scale. The scale was yeah. so far on the ground yeah. um, that whenever the other side of the scale started to even out, then I didn't feel so fearful anymore. I am still aware of the possibility that the people who were in my life who were bullies, who are still in my life, might revert to their old ways, but I can't be touched by it in the same way I was before because now I have a lot of experience with people who will not do that to me and I know that I don't deserve it. Getting over the fear is based on what you feel like you deserve. Um, So you can know it's coming and not be afraid once you know you don't deserve it and that you don't internalize it. That's really rich. Can I tell you two things I'm hearing and tell me if if I'm hearing you right? One is you still think about it. So it made enough of a serious impression, both when you were younger and as an adult, when bullying happened, that like it's still on your mind. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one thing, as somebody who has not experienced bullying, like something for me to be aware of is like this stuff, it cuts deep and it sticks around. And yeah, is I that mean, right? We're, yeah, we're, we're supposed to learn lessons to protect ourselves. And so they stick with you. Yeah. You know, but the other side that I'm hearing is as you have built your own sense of what you deserve through your hard work and being around other people who help encourage that, that you become a little bit less vulnerable to the bullying, even if it were to happen again. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think that, yes, you've got that absolutely right. Um, The more get a therapist, uh, therapists will, tell you in no uncertain terms they will not sugarcoat it and they don't have to tell you this so when they do you believe it you don't deserve what someone else is going through and what someone else is struggling with to affect you in that way for so long and so deeply it's important that someone who isn't just your buddy or your partner can see that and objectively tell you that's not good. Mm. So that work along with being with a partner who simply won't hit you if you drop coffee on the floor of the car. That's absolutely a real, that was a, a real, real thing. thing. Um, even though you freak out and start like acting like that was what's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. That I mean, over and over and over that heals. Yeah. It heals. And it all culminates into a new reality, which is you don't deserve what other people are going through to affect you like that or what other people are projecting to go to. 
and, have it affect you like that. And you internalize that over time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Over time you do. In the same way you internalize the bad stuff, you start to realize you are, you're like a puppy who used to get kicked. When you get into a new home, you eventually realize no one's going to kick you. Yeah. And, and, and you did draw a parallel that I think that the question asker is also drawing, which is how does this relate to ABDL specifically is that this is kind of earlier on, you said, if they don't even like me for who I am, that is obvious. Yeah. My, what are, what are they going to, th- my normal self, what are they going to think of this? So this brings, when you're going to, if you're going to do stuff in the community, this brings an additional layer of, oh my God. Yeah. And I think, um, so Two points on this, I, and I won't talk too much longer, but two points on this. Uh, one, I used to think that because I was so messed up, like because just being who I was was so messed up, that that's actually why I had a kink. That's I was. It was just part of being a totally messed up person. Oh, like okay. I was messed up because I was dumb and slow, and mm. you know, and also I liked baby things and I you know couldn't get anything right and like I used to think mm. it was just one other thing that was totally wrong with me and I was not willing to like it's like <laughs> I'm not going to tell you I broke the vase because you don't know about the vase yet like I, I'm not going to tell you about this because I'm already in so much trouble just yeah. by being who I am just by existing like so having another thing about me that was like it was kind of like oh, a little bit of protection like but then it became a comfort, and that actually made it worse for a while because I was like, oh, oh I'm taking comfort in one of the things that is horrible about me. Like, oh, okay. So I am just like rolling around in the muck. I'm already horrible, and right. I'm just rolling around in my own muck. Um, but then, I, you know, I don't know. I hit a point where I realized it wasn't hurting anybody, and it was making me feel better. And then when I went into the community, the idea of having someone treat me the way I'd been treated all my life when I was in the tiny closet of the world, that was part of my grossness. Like, I was so scared that I wouldn't even be accepted by the other people Mm. who were just as flawed as I was. Right. And that's how I actually thought about it at first. Yeah. And that was when I went online the first time. And then I was like, oh, everybody seems very happy to be here. Yeah. And nobody seems to be feeling bad about themselves. And then it started to turn. And I was like, oh. In a good way. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, it's not actually, if I'm not horrible for this, maybe I'm not horrible for all the other many things that are me. Oh. So it actually sort of cascaded back into all of the quote unquote normal things. I would say so. Yeah. yeah I would say that having confidence as someone with a kink that makes you super weird when no one else around you has a kink um, makes you wonder if all the other things that are weird about you aren't so weird and awful after all. Yeah. Oh, I like that. So, yeah, I think that in a roundabout, I mean, I talk a lot about how I never worried. I was never worried I was the only one. I wasn't. I was never worried I was the only one, but I was worried there was something terribly wrong with me for a little while, just on every front. Yeah. And that this was more of the muck. Oh yeah, everything about me was muck. So it's wild because on the table sitting in front of us is a copy of "You Are Not Broken." Rhoda Lives comes uh, book. You're not broken. So this is like the message ultimately that you got. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I um, yeah, I, I think I waxed poetic, but I I yeah, I had a lot of trouble existing as myself yeah. and this was just one of the things about me like it was just as much part of me as the fact that I really liked purple and green when I was like eight yeah so like the joker know. oh yeah aren't those joker colors yeah but not at the same time oh okay I just like purple one and one then day, I went to another. green Got yeah it. Got it. I, I know I remember because there was no overlap and that was pretty upsetting to my mom she was like you can't I just there's no <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't coordinate this you just don't you're, now it's all purple now it's, now it's all green Oh God! Like well, there was no covering it up. Thank you for sharing that. That yeah. your story of of being bullied and and coming in so fearful and then it turning around with your hard work. I mean, I think it's really inspiring. And my guess is there's probably hundreds and hundreds of people listening who can really identify with that experience. I hope that if you can identify with it, that you're in a place of self acceptance now. Um, and I hope that. By hearing that my bullying was 
from people much older than me, it also helps you understand that bullies are bullies. And it doesn't matter if they're in a position of power or if they're your peer. We're always calling people who are your peers bullies, but people can bully you even if they're much older and in a position of authority. Yep. So. Thank you for that. Yeah. So we have one left that you picked out. Do we? We do. Yeah. So this one, this is one we get. This one is for you. (laughs) We get asked a lot, but I can't wait to, oh my goodness. Okay. (laughs) This is going to become its own show. I actually think all of these questions will become their own show because all of these folks ha- have offered yes. their expertise. So here's what are a, we doing? We didn't. We're, read we're these just going to do now? five more episodes based on these questions. Go ahead. Go ahead. Wait, <laughs> I can't read this question without thinking. There's a vodka drink. There's a whiskey drink. There's vodka and the songs of the you know the song. Uh huh. The vodka drink yeah. and the other drink and the other drink and the other drink. Yeah. Because this is a dips thing. It says, how about an episode all about dips? Your favorite dips? Your first dips. Your cloth back? Or your plastic dips? <laughs> the dips that started it all. What are the best dips? You wear the dips that remind you of <laughs> the, the good times. times. <laughs> uh, 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 okay. How about an episode all about dips? Your guys' favorite dips? Your first dips? Cloth backed or plastic? What dips started it all? Ooh. What are the best dips? What are some good with odor control? And what are the most absorbent? All things dips. I would love to be a guest on this subject, too. Look, there you go. Dude, Another Princess word. K, Daddy B, A, we already love you. We just already love you. But B, uh, yes, let's oh, do you this. Said B, A. I was like, it doesn't say B, A. It says B. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Princess K, B. Daddy B, A, a. of all. Um, we, we think you guys are wonderful. Um, and also, we want to do this subject with you, but let's let's just let's just dip yeah. our toes in for now. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, you get it? The get, get what we did there? The good times. All right, you start. Okay, um, what's your favorite dip? Oh, right now it's a trust. Yeah, uh, of I am so it is. I am so on the bandwagon, and, but, but for a reason. So, like, I had this standard in my head, uh-huh. and it sort of had the outer texture of like an old attends. It had ridiculous absorbency in my head. It was like it had to be four, you know, two tapes on each side. Had to be white with like blue tapes. Whatever the like little things are, you know, no no cartoon print, nothing. It had to come up to a certain point in my belly button or it had to come up on you to a very specific place around the hips tress just nailed it yeah they did. just across the board yeah they did. I, like I, I knew it was super absorbent i did not count on the plastic being the right feel the, the, the cotton being the right feel the poly absorbent whatever stuff being the right everything was exactly right i did not count on essentially the perfect dip <laughs> So right now that's my favorite. Although, um, I like to move around a lot. I, I, I'm not, I'm not one to just sit on one dip forever and say, this is the best of all. So like my first sort of medical dip that I ever bought was a tranquility ATN mm-hmm. all through the night. Um, I remember thinking, holy God, they're so thick, which is laughable oh now. <laughs> yeah. Now that I've spent some time in, in ABDL world, no. um, that was the first one. I mean, I mean, probably the first ever was when I convinced the the uh, woman that I was with to to get like the drugstore pull ups. You know, I mean, like that was as good as, that as we could do at the time. M um, fours were like my first serious medical dip. Yeah, that's a good one. And I, love I probably ordered nothing but M fours for like two years. Yeah. Abina M4s became a staple. I still love them. I still trade for M4s when I don't have a pack. I'll trade something else so that I can get a couple. Just I just love them. Love the design. Love the feel. Love the look on others. I just think they're great. I agree. Um, All right, cloth yeah. backed or plastic? Uh, who says you can't have both? Both. <laughs> I, it, well, honestly, so there are very few cloth back dips that I love. Um, I, I wanted to love the North Shore Supremes because they're probably the most absorbent uh, cloth back medical dip, but they, they're they really stiff and s- kind of saggy over time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they are. So I, I haven't found a cloth back that I'm crazy about, although I've heard that I think the Little Kings are cloth backed and those are supposed to be amazing. I don't know anything about those. Yeah, those have been kind of all the rage lately. I'll just be interested to see what others come up with. Let, let me know what are the good cloth back dips. But I, I think they have a place like daytime wear, out and about. How many times have, have you gone to cloth back? Because it's just so quiet, quiet and nobody <laughs> yeah. notices. And I think there's something hot about that. Yeah. Overall, if I had to pick, I'd go plastic. plastic I yeah. mean, you can't beat that crinkle. Come on. Crinkle, crinkle. 
All right, what dip started it all? What's the first one you you remember being attracted to? Being attracted to? Yeah, what started the whole thing? Well, I mean, the first, as I said, the first one I ever had was the ATNs. Uh, the first yeah, but one, you were thinking about them. That's why you bought them. So which ones were you thinking about? Oh, man. Yeah, it would have been a tens for sure. Yeah? Yep. I remember the commercials. I remember the look. I remember the weird, like, three-tape setup. It would have been a tens, but, like, not the ones you can buy now. I'm talking about the ones in the blue pack back in the day. Okay. Blue and All purple. Right. Yep. Uh, what are the best ones for odor control? Um, I'm going to say cloth dips. Just cloth back? No, cloth dips. Cloth dips. Oh, with okay. plastic pants. Yep. Okay. Uh, what are the most absorbent? Trust? Yeah, they got to be. Yeah. As far as I know. They, I can't imagine anybody's made one that holds more than two gallons of pee or whatever. No, I don't know any. Um, Wait, what about you? Okay, I'm what, ready. What's, okay. Your, what's your very favorite right now? Hmm, my favorite right now are the pink ones. The pink ones? Yeah. Oh, the Mega Max pink. The pink Mega Max. Yeah, North Shore Mega yeah, Max. Yeah, the Mega Max pink ones. Yeah. My first ones were CVS brand um, diapers that were cloth backed and they had tapes, but they were, um, I think they had tapes, but they were the kind that came together like a pull up and then you could untape them. Do you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Like you could take them off yeah. easily. Kind of like um, the old school good nights where they were kind of, they were, they were pull ups with, with terrible sides. Yeah, but not terrible. Like, not terrible. They're not not, not able to be tear, yeah. torn, but like they had like almost a Velcro to the side already. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like it wasn't just that they were like thin. It was that you could actually tear it, like pull it away. Mm, I think they were okay. for people who were bedridden, but I just used them because yeah. they were the only ones there. And I was too scared to go get them. And when the person who I was asking to get them brought them back to the car, I cried and hid. Um, and it was a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. For everybody um, involved, really. I don't know. He seemed fine. Oh, he was okay. He was just like, yeah. I didn't know if it was weird that you're like, can you please go get this? And so he does. And then you cried and hit. <laughs> well, I hit. And then when he came back to the car, he tried to hit him to me. And I cried. And I was like, don't hit him to me. <laughs> like we were being watched yeah. by some secret I'm society. I'm sure the diaper police. Diaper yeah. police. Sure. Um, cloth back or plastic? Plastic all the time. Uh, what dip started it all? Um, for me, I didn't get into diapers until I realized that littles were a thing. And then I really wanted to wear them. So it started off looking at girls wearing good nights. So good nights started it all. And to this day, I, they are my favorite non tape diapers. Good nights. I love good nights. Yeah. Everything about them. They are awesome. Everything. I would wear them all the time. No question. Uh, what are the best tips? That's interesting because you said plastic all the yeah. time, but you would go to good nights if you could. Good nights are the only, only exception. What is it about them? What makes them so so great? They're the thing. They're they. They're like little. Yeah. They like are. they make me feel little. Yeah. They are. And whenever I started actually having trouble with my bladder, they're mm -hmm. the ones that I wore. Yeah. And it, they gave me so much comfort and actual, <laughs> actual like safe. I felt yeah. safe in them because I I couldn't go around without them. And when I was still struggling, that's sort of the thing. And like, it was kind of rough, but. At the same time, I got to look down and see like a little butterfly, and that was cute. Yeah. And I was like, I love this. This is good. It's fine. I and they're surprisingly good at holding pee. Yeah, I love good nights. I, I, there's a little bit of magic in them because when you look at how big and, and thin they are, you're like, this isn't going to work. And they totally work. Do you know one of my first good nights was given to me by a lovely friend of ours um, who uh, lives in California who gave me one of the ones that had dancers on them, like the little ballet oh, dancers? And I, I was those. like, my eyes were hearts. Yeah. I was like, how long can I wear it before I can't wear it anymore? The answer is one day. I was going to say about four hours. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, odor control, uh, da, 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 da. the best plasticky dips that I can think of. I, I can't think. And I also really, I forgot I really love dry 24-7s because they come up to my neck. How did we not mention dry 24-7s? I love dry 24-7s because they come up to my yeah, neck. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing is I will I will go Tress. I'll say, oh, what an amazing dip. And then as soon as I'm done with those two packs, I'll go order dry 24-7s instead. And then when I'm done with those, I'll go get Mega Maxes. Like, I like the variety. Diaper makers. Make diapers that go up to my boobs. <laughs> I'm five, five. I want boob diapers. <laughs> just uh, do something with your science and math. I just want them to go so high up that I could pee up my neck, and it's fine. That's all I ask. Um, and the most absorbent yeah. trust, of yeah, course. It's yeah, be. it's got to be uh, the trash you, bag. Do you know what else deserves a mention that we haven't gotten to yet? Is Mollies? small mollies, mollies, purple mollies with yeah. plastic back. I still have like a little stash of them. Yeah, smallies were like. 
if you scroll back five years on our Tumblr, that's all we had. That was that's all we did because they're awesome. The little purple ones. Yeah, I love smallies. They're awesome. All right. All right. We did it. We d- sort of, but I think we need to have this episode. In fact, I think five questions, at least four offers of people who want to come on the show. We now have five more episodes to do, and I already have a backlog of episodes. Hey, I want friends, to do. we're going to reach out to you. But if you hear this before we do, yeah, reach please, out to us, please, because we are very much into doing these episodes. Please. They sound really fun. They and do sound we're, fun. We're booking for the new year, so get out. I guess it. You're, these guys are stuck with more love and brief now that we have all these topics we have to get to. Uh oh. Uh oh. Actually, did. we're sneaking up on a hundred, and I have an idea for the hundredth episode. I'm going to tell you about offline. I haven't told you about yet. <gasps> are you going to give me a cake? Are we going to eat cake on air? I mean, we're definitely going to eat cake on air. But people love when people eat yeah, cake on air. Who doesn't want to hear that in the microphone? Oh, my God. I'd throw up. In I the, couldn't edit it. Yeah, I'll take care of it. But. In the meantime, uh, thanks for joining us. This this one actually, you know, normally these run about 45 minutes. We went a little bit long, but I ain't mad. I'm, I had a lot of fun. You can cut out all that stuff that I was doing singing in the beginning, right? That'll <laughs> nope, get us down to nope. 45 minutes. That is absolutely starting out the episode. Oh, you're welcome, everyone. Hey, if you uh, or somebody that you know could benefit from a transcript, you can always go to transcripts.loveandbrief.com and look at all of the great work that our transcriptionists have done. Our Scribes group is a group of tight-knit friends that actually take the time to go through and manually... Make sure that we have transcriptions of every episode and that they're right and that the names are there and everything. So um, if you or somebody that you know would benefit from that, transcripts.loveandbrief.com. The other thing is that I've been meaning to ask you about um, is, hey, drop a rating if you don't mind. Give us a little star rating. The reason why is if you give us a, let's say in uh, Apple Podcasts, if you say, hey, this is a this is a good podcast, you leave a comment, great. I know some people don't like to leave comments because it might have your name on it, uh, but at least drop a rating. And say five stars, four stars, whatever you think of the podcast. It does help other people find us. And that's yes. a big deal. Um, podcasters all around will say rate, review, subscribe. In that order, those are the most important for visibility. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Rate, review, and subscribe. And for us, it's about making sure that people who would benefit from the podcast get it. So. Even better than rating, reviewing, and subscribing, send it to somebody you think would benefit. If you have somebody in the community that you think would benefit, please share it. We just we, we want as many folks as possible who might benefit to get to listen to the podcast. Anyway, that's it. That's that's all the plug and I want to do. RNT, any other any other anything? Any pluggables you want to plug? Mm. We don't really sell anything, so not much to plug. Merch. Yeah. Support your local sex worker. Um, so that is it for this week's episode of Love in Brief.